Hello, everyone. This is Mark. Today I have a special guest. His name is Steve Morgan. Hey, Steve. Hello, Mark. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for spending the time with us and and making this recording. And I look forward to Absolutely. learning more about you. So, <laughs> so Steve, uh, why don't we just start? Um, tell us um, who you are and um, how did you become you and why did you turn Toastmaster? So we have uh, uh, three questions in one. Yeah, I'm Stephen Morgan. How I became me, I think I'd have to ask my parents that one. But aside from that, mm -hmm. <laughs> I've first got into Toastmasters back in 1997. I was working at Harris Corporation and I heard about, I got an email about there's going to be this little Toastmasters meeting happen at lunch. I had no idea what it meant at the time. All I knew was that it sounded more interesting than sitting in the cafeteria like I would normally do. So I went by to see what that was about. Saw that people were willing to sit down, listen to each other, talk. And I found that fascinating because my past experiences in public speaking back at University of Florida when I was doing student government there was that anytime I'd get up to speak, they hated listening to me. They'd actually want me to sit down and shut up. I was one of those vocal minority groups in the, at the time that they didn't want to hear. Mm. So I had dealt with hostile audiences in the past. Right. When I showed up at this meeting and saw, oh, people are willing to get up and listen to you, and they want to listen to you, and they'll say nice things afterwards. That was a nice change. I enjoyed that part. <laughs> That's right. Well, From there... It's, it's, yeah, it's a different world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a different yeah. world. Toastmasters is. It's, it's number one, it's captive audience, and it's the most appreciative audience on the planet. I have described Toastmasters in many cases as the perfect support group for whatever your problem may be, because that's what I've seen happen. You may have a problem with public speaking, in which case it is ideal, because that's what they're there stating that they are to help you with. But you could have any problem at all that you need to deal with, say, and you can go into a Toastmasters meeting and you have the option to get up when you give your speech to talk about your problem. You can do that. Most people won't. That's okay. But you have it as an option and the people will sit there and listen and then give you feedback on how to improve what you're saying. And what I've discovered is that if you're willing to talk about those things, just being willing to talk about them is often enough to help you get better, to overcome or to at least get past whatever those issues are. But even if you don't want to talk about your issue, you can talk about whatever you like to talk about. You will gain your self-confidence. You will gain your self-esteem over time. And at the same time, you're watching everyone else around you in the club get up and improve their own lives by working on improving their self-confidence, their self-esteem. And then you realize they start achieving things in their own lives. You start achieving other things in your own life, which don't always seem to be connected to what you're doing in Toastmasters, but it's really an offshoot of having gained that self-confidence, having gained that self-esteem, and having picked up organizational skills and communication skills, which you now are start applying in your life outside. And that will help you overcome even those issues you don't want to talk about. So that's why I call it the perfect support group. The perfect support group. You know, I have heard uh, many different variations of what you just said uh, from different mm -hmm. people, different sources, but you're, it's brilliant. You're right. <laughs> 
you know, you have to get up, uh, stand up, speak up, and then listen, and then you have to sit down and listen, right, <laughs> to the feedback. So it really teaches I, you it, um, to speak and I think be be a better human being. Yes, because you have to actually sit there and listen to what others are doing and then actually respond to them when you're the evaluator, for example, to right. give them the good feedback that they need to get better. So, uh, Stephen, I have known you for I don't, not that many years, but maybe three years, three four, three or four years. Um, in, mm -hmm. in, your, in your Toastmasters career, what have you seen? Uh, what are the biggest challenges that you face as a as a as Stephen? I mean, what what are the things that you have to um, overcome or maybe find a way to get better? Like, what are the biggest um, things that you work with yourself? Work with myself with within Toastmasters? Yes, 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 yes. Or or what I just use Toastmasters to get better at. <laughs> well, I mean, sure, it, it's it's your show. You you, you can take it anywhere it's you my... want. <laughs> it's you're the interview. It's an interview. You're the guest. Yeah, the probably the most interesting difficulty to come across is having to deal with people with significantly different opinions and significantly different personalities. That is not my biggest challenge in the broad sense, but I think that's the most difficult thing I've had to see overall within Toastmasters. It's fascinating when I see some people come in with the idea, I'm the leader, I'm going to lead, and I'm going to tell you what to do, and this is how we're going to do it. <laughs> Whenever those people try to tell me what to do, it never works very well. <laughs> I tend to balk at anybody who just says, do it because I say so. There have been several times I have taken on, say, a club office, and I had a personal reason for taking it, which, like, the first time I took on the vice president of public relations, it's because I wanted to learn how to do a newsletter well. And really, that was all I cared to do at the time. I did go through the motions, make sure our notice was in the newspaper back when newspapers were more of the thing for us to get our word out. And getting the word around as best that I could, but I sucked at getting flyers out. I never know where to put those up. That would make any sense. And I don't make a good uh, flyer design myself either. So I didn't put a lot of effort on that, for example, which was a duty of the office. But I did work well on putting that newsletter together and put out a nice newsletter for figured out how to publish using the computer publishing software to get that out. And that's what I was aiming to learn from it. And when the president was wanting me to do some of these other things, I was kind of like, yeah, I only half-heartedly perhaps did some of that. Mm -hmm. But we did get members in. So in the long run, it was the right result that we wanted. Right. And it's been fascinating when I've seen some people come in and say, we need to do things my way. Right. And that's not really what leadership is that's more like what management is and when it comes to a volunteer organization like ours like here in toastmasters you can't just simply walk in and say do it my way because you have no way of incentivizing people when your incentivization 
is going to be, let's use the hammer approach, the, the stick approach. Right. Carrot works much better in that sense is you want to find a way to figure out what motivates other people. And to do that, you have to stop talking and start listening to see what it is that motivates these other people. And that's when it gets really interesting when you have a, somebody with a very different personality or, or even different uh, values from your own trying to understand how what motivates them and try to figure out how you are going to be able to work with that person who has this other version of the way things should be. That's why I found that to be the most interesting challenge in the mix of learning how to deal with other people. I'm not going to say it's problem people because I'm just sure I'm the problem to them. Right. But being able to adjust your approach that way. Yeah. So I, as I'm listening to you, I'm, I have a follow-up question. So in, in, the environment that is, uh, in, in, in the environment that Toastmasters is and everything that it gifts us and everything that we uh, gift to it and to us um, as a leader, like uh, as a leader, you have said, it's someone who have to uh, listen and really listen for everything that is said, everything that is not said. What are the tools mm -hmm. that, you, that, that you have developed or like some of the most effective tools in your toolbox for the leader? To, to do that uh, and what kind of conversations can you have or um, I mean things that have worked well for you and you've seen work well for others can you talk about that this is where my background in hypnosis and neurolinguistic programming comes into play this, that's not Toastmasters related that's what I've done I've been doing hypnosis for 30 years I've been trained as an instructor certified instructor there and also in neurolinguistic programming which is the aspects of figuring out how other people are thinking in order to understand how to communicate your message to them so that they get it. That's the approach. And that means I'm using those techniques. A big part of it is listening. A lot of it is observing. Figuring out when I'm observing somebody is to how are the thoughts going through their head? What processes do they go through when they're making a decision? A uh, big part of that would be like, which of the senses dominates the way they think? Since our five senses are how we interface with the world, we think in those five senses. Is this person primarily a visual person or are they audio in nature? Are they kinesthetic? In which case I need to adjust my approach from what is natural for me to communicate to that person what is natural for them. Because if I'm talking audio, you s that sounds good and I hear what you're saying, but the person I'm talking to is more visual. They want to see something. <laughs> yes. They want to know the color, how bright it is, something along those lines. They think visually, I need to shift the way I communicate to communicate in their terms. It also helps understand if they are somebody who moves towards pleasure or away from pain? Is a carrot approach or the stick approach going to work? How do they make their decisions? And how? And then what is it that motivates them? What do they gravitate towards? What can I do to get my goals or our mutual goals in that direction so that they naturally move in that way, the way they want to move? Mm. That's how I would approach it. That's brilliant. Um, I really love it. <laughs> I, I love this interview. <laughs> and, and thank you for sharing this. 
the reason uh -huh. I love it because it's 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 real. You know, um, you know, we need to have conversations. Uh, the things that yep. we can do and that don't work, why waste time and energy, right? I mean, that's kind of silly. <laughs> so yeah. another question I have uh, for you, Stephen, is I have several, but one, the next one is sure. What is the thing that keeps you coming back? Uh, Toastmasters. Uh, and another way to look at it is what is that thing you look most forward to? You know, like every time you come to the meeting or to the conference or um, contest, what are the things that brings you like the most joy when you come into the Toastmasters environment? You've heard that concept of if you want to improve your life you want to put yourself around people that are going to pull you up that perhaps the that particular one of you're the sum of what the five people you spend the most time with is an example of that yeah you've heard of that right yeah okay toastmasters think about it what we do we're coming in there we're putting ourselves on the spot we're asking everyone to help us get better but we're intentionally asking for criticism and of course, we don't like to call it criticism because we're not, that has a negative connotation and we're not looking for the negativeness. We're looking for the feedback. And that feedback is essentially the, the, the idea that push us in a direction that's going to make us grow. So out of our comfort zone, tell us the things we don't want to hear because no one else is telling them to us. So we actually are seeking them out. But Toastmasters actually is not for everyone. But the part of it is, is that people who are negative in nature, you've probably seen them occasionally come into a club. They have a view that they tend to gravitate towards negative attitudes for whatever reason. They are, they are perhaps pessimists, or not just pessimists, but the people who are very down, like to drag themselves down or drag others down. They never hang around a club for long because the nature of the club, a healthy club when it's working right, pushes them out or it's not so much pushes them out as that they are so uncomfortable in that situation because they can't deal with the way everything is pushing them in a direction they don't want to go and they're not ready for it. They end up self-selecting themselves out. The result is I come into the clubs I go to, and I'm a member of three at the moment and about to charter a fourth, I walk into the clubs and I love what I feel when I walk out because I've been around a whole bunch of people who have shown a variety of energy, a variety of positivity, that they are actively working to improve themselves while helping each other to improve. And even if I don't take a role in the meeting, if I just end up sitting there and watching the whole time, I love watching everybody get up. I love watching how they find themselves improving. I love how they absorb the information they're getting to make themselves better and turn around and give that same information back. That is the best reason I've had to keep going back, even now after 20 years of doing this, that I find most effective. And that's been the best part. So in the long run, it's you're putting yourself around positive people intentionally. And it has helped me when I've been in my worst places, <laughs> even when I don't talk about those problems. 
but I've seen other people get by it. Even when I walk into a meeting and somebody's giving a speech that is a real downer, they're, they're actually, actually crying or talking about something that is just a horrible thing to even think about. The end result is still a positive. We're talking about things that others wouldn't talk about. We're learning things you never would have learned otherwise. But you're around people who are actively trying to improve their little corner of the world. But if we keep improving every corner of the world, the world improves. That's what I love about it. Yeah, I, you're right. Absolutely. It's like, um, I mean, maybe it's akin to like a Toastmasters vitamin daily, not daily, <laughs> weekly, <laughs> bi-weekly vitamin, right? Because you feel so much better. It just, you know, like you feel so much better. When you were telling me this, this, um, this feelings you were describing, I remember, you know, I, I, I'm a member of one club right now, but uh, when I had a chance to become a member, be a member of several and visited many others, you know what I remember the most? Um, the smiling faces. Uh, like there's this club in Osceola, those messages, 84. It's like the smiling faces, the people who are genuinely happy to see you. And you feel that um, on a very deep sense. You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. it's, it just reflects who I am. And I, re I, I, I echo that. So, absolutely. So, let me ask you a question. Um, another one. So, Toastmasters for you is a family um, endeavor, isn't it? You have uh, family members in it. <laughs> like, isn't that right? My wife, I made her do it. As she complains, I dragged her kicking and screaming. <laughs> but if she was going to want to see me much, she was going to have to show up one way or the other because I was going. Right. For a while, our daughter went after she turned 18. She was a member for a little over a year there. I, we've been telling her she's moved out to California. She needs to find another one. She's even said so, but hasn't found one yet. But as far as the family goes, that's been it. The other kids haven't joined up. We've dragged them along times. They've usually enjoyed it. Right. Yeah, I even had my son come along district conference a few times. The first time he went, he was 13, maybe 12, about that age. He came along with us one time. And no, actually, he was younger than that. But he enjoyed the conference. He actually got up that Saturday morning. I was going to some of the educational sessions when we were actually staying in the hotel that time. And he decided he was interested in some of them. He was going to go to a different one. He walked off, he walked into one of the sessions on his own, like young kids sitting in there. It was actually Jordan Kamenker's humor one, as I recall. He loved it. Apparently he actually got picked on by Jordan for a little bit. One of the questions in there, but he found that fascinating. He wanted to come back. He came back to the others. He really enjoyed the speech contests. Right. And it's been, I think that was fun for him. That's fantastic. That's fantastic that, yep. um, that, you know, that other people in your family can enjoy it. And I love it. And plus, Jordan is a great presenter. You know, he's listening. Yes. Well done, Jordan. <laughs> Keep doing the good work. Awesome. So, um, <laughs> another thing I, I want to ask you is, um, what have you, you've been to many, many contests and many, many, you heard many, many different speeches and you met many great people, you know, you yourself. Um, and I met you and, wife oh do you can you recall a moment maybe a speech or a story that truly moved you and truly may have and uplifted you inspired you that you can still remember and maybe quote um can you mention anything like that 
and maybe quote. Well, I mean, you don't have to quote, but you, you can just say, I was there. I know, I'm trying to my, think. My, so, my, I was shaking, to think <laughs> you know, it was, so, it was like the whole room was crying. <laughs> I don't know. Just something like that. I've seen a variety of speeches over the time. I got to been to many of the district conferences, of course, so I've seen those. I was at the 2004 regional that James Webb won. He's going to be our keynote at this coming conference. Yeah. And I was at the 2003 finals when that convention was in Atlanta. But uh, that was when the Jim Key won that one. His was fascinating, just being able to see it from the sense that I was in the auditorium, we got what a couple thousand people watching it, and then they they even have the the big screens simultaneously video casting it from the front. So that was a very very different experience watching that one. And he ended that one. That was the speech he ended with. He was doing talking about the little deaf girl, and ended his his conclusion was all sign language didn't say a word, which was a fascinating way of doing it. Yes, but I remember I've heard that so scene. many. That, uh, you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I was there to see that one happen. <laughs> that's a spectacular speech. I used it in my workshops. Um, and Jim Key is a great speaker. And just an amazing uh -huh. ability to connect and, and write and perform. Um, Stephen, so we're coming to uh, an end of our interview. Um, you're a great interviewer. You have to come back and we have to do this again. I love this. What I want to ask you is what oh, is. Well, I'll talk your ear off, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it's useful and helpful, and that's what I mm -hmm. appreciate. And I think the listeners will appreciate, uh, just like I have. So, in my final question I have for you is, what's going on in your world right now? What's next for you? And how can people get in touch with you if they want to connect with you further? <laughs> well, in my little world, I am a software engineer usually by day, but I'm also wanting to work up the hypnosis side so i'm happy to be taking clients even doing stage stuff that's fun or doing group work so i'd hope to be doing some more of that as well i'm happy to of course to speak and i can use any topic almost as comes up i enjoy talking about almost anything that's why i enjoy the table topics <laughs> so i'm working on doing more programming, both the computer and the human variety, <laughs> okay. and hoping to expand, and both really, I can see what new things there are and what new people there are to meet. And the best part of it is wanting to help people change. That's a big part of what I enjoy at a Toastmasters. It's what I enjoy at a doing, say, hypnosis work. You want to change something in your life, you're ready for a change. I have the tool sets that I've learned over the years. Love to help people achieve the change that they are seeking. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a change you're looking for, let's talk. <laughs> I'm sure there's something I can do to help. Uh, as to reach me, you can reach me, Stephen, at morgan-home.com. Stephen is with the V, so it's S-T-V-E-N, at morgan-home.com. That's the easiest way to reach me. Or you can call. Well, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, if you, if you want to, uh, or if the email is the best, uh, whatever it is, um, that, that, that 407-252-3556 works if you want to call. And Stephen at Morgan-Home.com if you want to email. Okay. 
Well, this has been a lot of fun. It was phenomenal. Thank you. Uh, thank mm -hmm. you for your insight and your gener generosity, uh, sharing what you have learned and being so open about it. I love this interview. I hope all the listeners enjoyed it just as much as I did. And uh, I hope to see you again soon. So thank you, Stephen. Let's talk again. Okay. Let's, let's talk again. Okay. Thanks, everyone. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.